We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's going on, everybody? Rob Doster here for the Field of 60. Today, we are bringing you another episode in our Off the Carousel series, where we will be joined by each and every new head coach to the Division One ranks. There are almost 60 of them. We're going to be rolling these out a couple of days throughout the month of May and the month of June. So make sure that you subscribe to the channel. And if you like this interview, don't be afraid to tap that like button. That stuff really does help our channel and help our presence on YouTube. It helps more people like you find this content. And since I have you guys here, make sure that you check out our Instagram and TikTok pages. We are going to be pumping out more unique content over there throughout the summer heading into next season. Like, for example, did you know that Penny Hardaway was shot when he was a player in college? I bet you didn't know that. There are more stories like that on those pages. The links are in the description below. So now, without further ado, let's get into another edition of Off the Carousel. Kevin Sweeney here with the uh, Field of 68, and on today's episode of Off the Carousel, I'm joined by new San Francisco head coach, Chris Gerlifson. Coach, uh, thanks for hopping on. Appreciate you having me, Kevin. Great to be here. Uh, so you're the son of a coach, a former D1 head coach at that. So, so was this always the plan? Uh, and if so, how special is it to you know, be able to follow in your dad's footsteps and finally uh, ha- have your first head coaching job? Yeah, no, that's a, a great question. And, you know, a lot of people have, have asked me that. And um, I would say, yeah, the short, short answer is yes. I, I kind of always knew that this is what I wanted to do from a, um, from a young age, just being around the game and being in the gym from basically when I was in diapers. And, and um, I don't know, I feel like sons of coaches, they, there's a, a fire that's kind of stoked in them early. Um, and it was just something that I was always passionate about, you know, even as a player, I, I just always knew, obviously I, I wasn't a great player. Um, but I always knew when I, I got done playing that, you know, I wanted to get into coaching. So, you know, when you told your dad, like, I, I, I want to do this, I want to be head coach. What, what was the reaction like? Yeah. I mean, probably a lot of people try to talk you out of it. Right. Cause they, they know just what the, uh, what the job entails, obviously the long days and, and, you know, it's not the most stable of, of professions for sure. Um, a lot of moving around, but, um, you know, everything about it, I just loved. And, and really the, the thing that kind of drew me to it was just, 
um, you know, the ability to develop relationships with, with players and, and have impacts on, on young men's life lives. Um, that's, that's part of the job that is super special to me. And, and I saw that from a young age and, you know, whether it was Christmas time, having, you know, players when my dad was at university of Massachusetts, having players stay at our house over the holidays, um, to going on recruiting trips with my, with my dad. Um, you know, I just got to see it firsthand at a, at a really young age. And, um, it was just a part of the job that, that was super cool to me. I, I just really loved that part of it. Yeah, so, you, so you got your start, you know, in D3 and NAIA, you worked in military schools. So you, you got to have some good stories from kind of the grind of working at some of those levels early in your career. I mean, yeah, I think I've I've been fortunate to kind of experience everything associated with college basketball other than um, being at the junior college level. I feel like I've experienced just about everything you can experience and. Um, you know, I was talking to someone else last week about this. I think all those experiences um, have really prepared me for this opportunity. You know, there's there's no job that I haven't done as a coach, um, you know, whether big or small. And um, certainly having to grind it out at Division three school and, and, you know, to operate on limited resources. And then at the Citadel where, you know, every night you're, you're wondering if your team's going to be there in the morning because it's a hard place to retain kids. So um, it, it was all just super special experiences. And again, those are things that I cherish because um, it's put me in the position that I'm in, you know, now. One of the other experiences you had, you got to be, you know, the acting head coach at Hawaii for a couple of months, uh, a couple of seasons ago. Um, how much did that experience teach you about what this challenge being, you know, a first time head coach will be like? Yeah, I think, you know, it was great from the standpoint of um, it really opened my eyes to all the things you have to do on a day to day basis that as an assistant, you really don't understand um, all the things that a head coach is dealing with on a, on a day to day basis where, you know, you may only be dealing with 30 to 35 percent basketball and the other times. You're, you're dealing with things that don't pertain to um, practice. And as an assistant, um, you kind of get in a routine of what your day is like, and, and it's pretty much the same. You know, you may have a meeting here and there that is out of the ordinary, but as an assistant, you kind of get into just a, a very, uh, you know, almost like military-like routine in terms of what you do on a, on a weekly and a daily basis. And um, you know, as a head coach, I saw that at Hawaii is you're dealing with a lot other things, whether it's media, talking to great people like you, um, or dealing with donors and alumni. And, and there's just so much of so many other aspects that that go into, you know, just making sure a program continues to operate at a high level. And we're certainly successful in that run. I think you were eight and five in, in that, uh, that coaching stretch. You have a winning record before you ever uh, coach a game as a head coach. How, how does that feel? No, it feels great. And I, I, I think, you know, when, when all this happened and it happened so fast, you know, people ask if I, are you ready or do you feel like, and the Hawaii experience, I think really, um, you know, made me feel a lot more sure about myself and about the position here because I did have the opportunity for a, basically a three month, um, you know, period of time to really run a program and, and, really understand what it means on a daily basis to coach in games, obviously as a head coach, but, 
you know, practice plan and, and, you know, manage a team and manage a staff. So I feel like, you know, that experience, I'm super grateful for having, you know, been able to go through it. So, so, so take me back to, to the week in March, right? So you get selection Sunday, you guys are the last team called basically. So you're, you're sweating it out. Um, even though you obviously had earned the spot, it was just, you were last on the, on the board and I'm sure there's, yep. there's nerves there. You're all of a sudden you're on a flight to Indianapolis. You play an NCAA tournament game, it goes to overtime. You're on a flight home the next day. All of a sudden your boss is the head coach of Florida. You're a head coach. Like what was that week? Like, you know, how does it rank among like the, the craziest, you know, seven days no, of your it, life? It's, uh, it's, it's book worthy for sure. Yeah. I, I feel like, you know, if I was writing a book, that segment would, would definitely be a couple chapters. Um, it was, it was surreal. It was, um, obviously feel like you got hit with a fastball. Um, it just, everything happens so, so fast. Um, it feels like it happened like five years ago today, you know, and it really wasn't because some, so much has happened, you know, since it's happened for me and, and for our program here, but, um, it was just, it felt like something out of a movie in terms of how everything kind of transpired and how everything kind of connected and, um, you know, all credit to, you know, coach golden, um, because when I came here, we, we joked around before I came here, like, Hey, this is how it's going to play out. We're going to win 24 games and we're going to go to the NCAA tournament and I'm going to get a big job and you're going to be the next head coach. And I was like, yeah, okay, whatever, man. Um, and, but we, but we did, we kind of spoke it into existence and, um, it's just so funny to think back at some of the conversations that we had and how everything kind of just fell in line. And, um, you know, he, he's a special guy because, you know, he helped kind of align everything and, and make sure that, you know, when he did take the job that, um, you know, administration and, and the people around the program felt comfortable with me taking over. So, um, can't say enough about just my experience of having, you know, the chance to work with Todd, but also the rest of the staff, our, our staff was so connected this year um, from top to bottom. It, it was the best year that I've had in 24 years uh, in terms of just operating and working with people, kind of all just pulling in the same direction, you know, on a, on a daily basis. And I think that has a lot to do with why we had the success, you know, that we had this, this past year. What's the biggest thing you'd say you learned from, from Todd Golden? I mean, obviously a young guy, analytically driven, everyone here, you, you hear all these stories about how he's the next big thing. Look, you worked for him for a year. What's the biggest thing you learned about being a head coach from him? Uh, I mean, number one, before any of the coaching stuff, he's, he's a phenomenal human being, number one. So um, on a daily basis, you know what you're going to get. And I think that's so important, especially for assistants. Um, you know, when you know what you're going to get when you walk in the office every day and, and um, you know, there's consistency in that. I think that is an awesome way to approach coaching. But just, I mean, life in general, he's just a phenomenal uh, human being. And, and from a coaching um, standpoint, um, you know, I thought I was analytically driven before I came here. And, and I think I was. But being here for a year... Um, really opened my mind and my eyes up to just a different way of, of viewing the game. Um, and, and we had a lot of conversations, Todd and I, you know, and, and I felt like I learned um, 
a lot more than I thought I knew, you know, being here this year. And, and those are all things that will not change for our program moving forward. Uh, we're going to continue to be analytically based, whether it's from a scheduling standpoint to a recruiting standpoint, uh, to the way we view our players within our program. Um, I think all of that is, is uh, a way to kind of just separate yourself, you know, from, from other programs and give yourself a competitive edge. So um, all that stuff is going to be things that, that I really lean on, you know, going forward. So, so that would be the one big thing I would say, but, you know, I could, I could go on forever just talking about, you know, what the experience was here over this, the course of the last year. So, so what's the vision now for the future? Obviously, you guys had this incredible season, you know, one of the best that the program's had in you know, 25 years, and go to the NCAA tournament, and I think change what people perceive you can do at, at San Francisco. Uh, how has that success kind of laid the foundation for what you want to build uh, with the Dons moving forward? That's a great question. Um, you know, unfortunately, USF, you know, it took 24 years to, to get back to where they have been, and um, I think breaking through and, and really tasting what that feels like can do wonders for your program. You know, we have guys sitting in the locker room now who know what it means to play in March, um, who know how hard it was to get there and, and all the work that went into um, getting an at-large berth. So I think sometimes, unfortunately, we're, we're super disappointed that we didn't get it done against Murray State. But I think if you go back and look at teams who kind of have a breakthrough, you almost sometimes have to get there first and experience it. And then now you see teams, Murray State's a perfect example of that, where they went a few years ago, didn't get it done, come back with a lot of the same guys on that roster and, and you know, win a game. So I think that's the next progression for us. And, you know, on a daily basis, we talk about what that feeling felt like you know, the, the hair on my arm still stands up feeling, uh, thinking about what it felt like to get our name called, you know, on Selection Sunday and to go through, you know, the police escorts and the way you're treated when you get to the, the city that you're playing in. Uh, all that stuff is, is uh, indescribable and stuff that I think can really spur your program on uh, moving forward. And uh, so we want to build on what we did. Uh, we understand it's going to be hard to do that. Um, but I think we have a lot of key pieces returning um, from a staff component and from a player standpoint um, that have experienced what it means to play in March, and, and we will take take those feelings with us as we move forward. What, what were the priorities, you know, the first 15, 30, 45 days on the job? You know, like what, what, what were the things you felt like you needed to accomplish, and, and how would you say they've gone so far? I think we're, we're, we're right there. Things have been great. Obviously it's, it's been a bit of a whirlwind, but I think what people probably tend to forget about when they first get a job is, and, and I think I, I got this point across to our staff um, is the most important people in your program are the kids in your program at that moment. So um, spend a, a boatload of time with, the guys who are already here, making sure they were good, um, continuing to build on the relationships that that we had established since I got here um, last June. So that that was the first thing. And most people would say, well, you got to get out and recruit. And I, I think it's kind of the opposite. You have to make sure the people in your program are good first. Um, and then obviously the transfer portal is a beast. Um, you know, we hit that hard and 
um, making sure staff is put together and you can go down the line of recruiting and scheduling and uh, dealing with donors. Obviously the NIL is a, is a, is a monster in itself. So just trying to get educated with, with all of that. And, um, you know, a lot of long days, but this is what you signed up for. This is, this is why you coach. So it's been all great, all good stuff. Um, and I'm learning stuff every day, you know, as we go, which is, which is awesome. I've been waiting, obviously 24 years for the opportunity. So, um, you know, we're going to make sure we hit the ground running and, and put ourselves in a great position. So, so last question for you, you know, you haven't necessarily worked at the flashiest jobs. You haven't been at, you know, these high major programs, you, you grinded your way up to being a head coach in the WCC, you know, what would be your advice to that manager, that GA who's where you were 24 years ago about getting to this point right now? I love that question. Um, I think I, I mentioned this at the beginning of our, we started talking, but you know, all of those jobs that are viewed as, you know, not the gl most glorious jobs that, that I've had. Uh, I wouldn't change a thing about any of it um, because I, I, I can say this for myself is that I, I don't feel like I ever skipped a step in terms of what my development was as a coach. Um, you know, whether it was doing laundry at a division three school on the road or driving a van or sweeping the floor, like there's no job too big or too small. And, and I think it really makes you appreciate as you start to move up the ladder and have opportunities is like all those jobs are what you make them, right? So to me, the job I was in was the best job in the world. And I wanted to treat it like I was coaching at Kentucky or I was coaching at a Blue Blood. Um, and just enjoying where you are and enjoying the opportunity to, to be around, you know, young kids and coach basketball. I mean, we're talking about basketball. We're not talking about brain surgery or, you know, it, it's a blessing every day to get to do what we do. Um, so I wouldn't change a thing about, you know, any of my journey, any of the steps that I made um, to get to this point. And um, I think, you know, young guys, sometimes they want to skip. It's how quick can I get to the highest level or how quick can I become a head coach? And sometimes going through multiple stops and multiple levels is great for your development. And, and so from that as aspect, I think, you know, it's a quick, quick fix mentality that I think younger guys and, and players at some point have now, uh, instead of just, you know, like you said, grinding it out and, you know, being at some not sexy spots, right. It, uh, has a way of just kind of, uh, leathering you up and, and, you know, making you a little bit tougher. So I, I wouldn't change a thing about it. I don't think, uh, I don't think you'll be doing much sweeping the floors now, but I uh, appreciate your time and uh, good luck with the downs this season. I appreciate it. Thanks. Jeff. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. 
From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.